Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Happy Thursday, Susanna Collins, alongside the Oh, jeez, what is going Yes, it's party time. <laughs> that's Nico Cantor. That's Charlie Davies. That's Alexis Guerreros. Charlie, yeah. I like this look. Do you? I kind of do. <laughs> when, he, when he first walked in, it was a little, a little jarring, but I, I'm, it's growing on me. I have to say, got the Henley underneath. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Are we? Is this? Are we trying something out? Is this like a new no, side th- of? No, I've Jeff had Daisy? this for a long time, and I'm like, I just want to bring it back. <laughs> it shows his gun. Struggling a bit there. <laughs> Honest question. Now that you mentioned wrestling, you think you could have gone to the Olympics for wrestling if you decided to pursue wrestling instead of soccer? Yes. You were that good? I, I think in terms of just being competitive and learning technique as I got older, yeah, I do, I do think I, I could have been. You only started wrestling in high school? Yes, freshman wow. year. Kind of like Matt Turner. <laughs> you, wow. Did you learn speaking it off YouTube? Of, <laughs> speaking of, uh, congrats on another episode of Kicking it Thank with you. Matt Turner. I haven't watched it yet, I'll be honest, because there was a lot of soccer to watch yesterday, uh, and I was yeah. watching some Major League Soccer because it's all crazy. We're going to get into that later on in the show, but uh, cannot wait to hear that conversation. He, he's just, we, we know how good of a person Matt Turner is, yeah. but to hear some of the insight on being an Arsenal player and going from learning the sport, literally in high school, watching YouTube clips of Peter Schmeichel and training. Wild to playing for Arsenal and now starting in the Premier League Crazy. for Forest. It's, it's just so an incredible cool. story and he gives a lot of um, appreciation to his mother and his family. He's, he's, he's very tight with his family. Yeah, he's just a awesome And his sisters are amazing awesome athletes guy. as well, yeah? Uh, I think his sisters I play. I think he, we had a conversation with him on my podcast last year and he was saying that he wasn't even the best soccer player in the family. Wow. Was, well, I believe that. Yeah. Because <laughs> he started in high school. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I didn't see none of this on YouTube, bro. This is crazy what they do. Uh, well, there. if you need to catch up on Kicking It, the good news is you can stream it on Paramount Plus. It's mm-hmm. available right now. With that, should we get into some Champions League? Whew. Very Chat, fun night. Because yeah. there were some yes. wild Please. matches yesterday. Here's a look at Wednesday's results from group stage. Atletico get the 3-2 win over Feyenoord. Shakhtar Donetsk 3-2 over Royal Antwerp. Borussia Dortmund and AC Milan end in a nil-nil draw. Uh, Manchester City 3-1. 
over Leipzig, Lazio 2-1 over Celtic. But the one, the game of the day for me was that Newcastle United PSG match. A 4-1 win wow. for them at St. James's Park. The scenes were absolutely insane. You know, I had Let's real vibes watching this game. It brought me back to when I first started watching Champions League. Just incredible atmosphere. And it, this goal right here from former Atlanta United winger, MLS Cup champion, Miggy Almaron. What just, a finish. Isak smashes it, and it's a fantastic save from Donnarumma. Oh. But this, this is an underrated finish. Coming with your left foot inside and bending to the side net, incredible. And then this one is also catches you off guard because you're thinking, did he score? Did he not score? What a save. But ultimately, it did cross the line. Dan no, Byrne. Big Appeals Dan Byrne. For an offside also, we were also confused a little bit of that yeah, there during was a, the last so show here. There was yes. potentially a handball as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then it, it was called for potential offside, but then they looked and he was clearly on. Bruno was on. And Dan Byrne with the big header, the hometown kid, uh, his story is pretty remarkable. Yes. What a cool moment for him. And then, and then he wasn't the only local boy to make some noise. Donnarumma has to do better with that as a keeper. You saw how quick he was to get down the ground hmm. for Ishak's shot uh, ahead of Dan Burns' goal. And this one, he had his palm on it. it it's, he's got to do better with it. Lucas Hernandez gets one back, but not enough, obviously. Did you think at this point that perhaps PSG could mount a little comeback? I thought there would be a momentum switch, yeah. but I didn't early. think there was any chance Newcastle was yeah. going to lose. And then this, oh, I mean. What a strike? Fabian Schar just, I mean, falling. Look at his plant leg. It's plant like a no foot. look. But do, you know yeah. what, do you know what I loved about that play, too, is that he had he'd made the tackle. He had tracked back, got the won the ball back, and then did it himself, and then, yeah. and then struck that ball so beautifully to give them just sort of the exclamation point on what was truly an absolutely remarkable day at St. James Park. They had not seen Champions League there for 20 years. And I, I mean, I was getting goosebumps, even just watching the, the pregame show and watching all the supporters. And they were with them every play of the game, every time they made a tackle, every time they won the ball back, those fans were losing their minds. And you could just see what it meant to everyone. It was, it was so special. Charlie, you said in our production meeting, it, it took you back to those sort of like mm -hmm. early days of Champions League or your early memories of Champions League and, and what it meant. Can you kind of elaborate on that? It, it's, you watch the match and, and it was palpable. It, you, I had goosebumps. That's the type of energy and, a and atmosphere that you were watching. It, you could feel it through the TV screen. So that's when you think of Champions League at at its peak. Is that it's so contagious that that type of of fight from the supporters. That anytime there's a tackle, you were you you got back on your feet because the crowd mm -hmm. got you into it. And that is the intimidating atmosphere that you've always dreamed of as a kid to play in. So a as I'm watching and I'm thinking. All of these players were hoping one day when they were little playing this game that they would eventually play in an environment like this. Intimidating, the fans are, are on top of you. And it, it helped Newcastle. You could, that's the type of home field advantage mm -hmm. that you hope for. That at Newcastle was, was fantastic. And uh, you know, just to see that performance from them, it was also the confidence that we can do this. This is the group of death. We just got <laughs> yeah. a massive win Huge. against PSG. Did we all pick them to go through in this group? Uh, I don't think I did. You, but you I did. think I did, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure um, I did. So I, I, but I did not see them winning the group, and right now they're sitting mm. on top. They're no, top. I didn't see them winning this group, to, but to the home field, they, if, you win your, if you win your games at home but if you, exactly. in, in, in this competition, 
there's a good chance that you're going through. So to put into perspective what you're saying, you're a little bit older than I am, so it was probably when you were falling in love with the Champions League. I was still like around that time, nine, eight, ten-ish. I don't really remember those Newcastle Knights. Neither does Sean Longstaff. <laughs> He doesn't. He he was born in '95. I was born in '93. Like he maybe they took him to the stadium, late memories, but they're core memories, but they're not. He doesn't remember it mm-hmm. fully. I don't think. And now he was able to provide those moments to Newcastle, going up through the academy. Um, it's been it's been a long time. Twenty years is a long time. And Miguel Almiron, a Latino goal scorer for Newcastle, it might feel like out of context, but hey. Uh, Nolberto Solano, the Peruvian, the last person to do it for Newcastle in Champions League, the last Latino to do it. And then Tino Asprilla, the Colombian, who I famously got a hat trick for Barcelona. I thought he was, I thought I was, I thought I would see him when the camera panned over, finishing his hat trick. That's how intense this atmosphere was. And, you know, we're all talking about, you know, which one of us remembers. There was a shot of uh, Alan Shearer sort of mm. standing in the doorway of his suite, just looking over it towards the end of the match. And there's a look on his face of, I can't pride. tell. It's, it's pride. It's a, but there's a mix of, I wish I was out there too. It brought me back to when he took over as manager for the last, I believe, 11 matches of a season as Newcastle were sliding into relegation and he couldn't save them and they got relegated that season. Um, and I remember how difficult those press conferences were for him at that time. And now you're looking at him watching a complete demolition of PSG, a team we almost exclusively associate giant. with Champions League yeah. mm. in Newcastle, in St. James Park. There was pride. There was a, a longing to be out there. And there must have been that moment of, like, we, we got back. We uh, did it. Uh, you know, and PSG, to their credit, they had their chances. Dembele should have had at least at least oh, one yeah. goal. He yeah. had an uh, early chance that early. I believe if, that, if he had been able to put that first chance yes. away, we might have seen In the a fifth completely minute. different Perf- game. And, and it went a ball from yeah, Mbappe. because Newcastle were under some serious pressure. But I also want to give some credit to Zaire Emery, the 17-year-old in, for the midfielder mm-hmm. in uh, the PSG side, because he is a special player. He was finding it, popping up in the right spots, being able to get, either get it to Dembele or Mbappe in those key areas. But they just weren't, they weren't clinical on yeah. the night. And in Champions League, when you're playing on the road in an environment like that, it is important to hush the crowd, to, to, to make them feel like, oh, we're, we're, not, we're not giving the team the energy that they need. Mm. And maybe we're going to be a little bit more quiet. If you can hush the crowd early and send that message and put the pressure back on Newcastle, then I think this game would have changed. But they, Donnarumma made some mistakes, mm-hmm. and, and defensively, they're a little bit shocking in those, those big moments. They were weak. Goal. I, I was going to say, if you look at Mbappe towards the end of the match, and look, Mbappe didn't have the greatest game, but he, had the mo- he created the most uh, chances of anyone on the pitch. So he had, he had a, a good game by that stretch of the imagination, but not you know, an Mbappe kind of dominate game. But you look at him at the end of the match after, I believe it was uh, Fabian Schar scores, and he's kind of looking around, and he does that... <sighs> Like that, that thing, and I'm like, man, he's really wishing he was on Real Madrid right now. The, the <laughs> third goal was super important. Going to what you were saying and hushing the crowd, Newcastle played at a very high rhythm that matched the intensity of the crowd, and they were working off of each other. You could tell high press. They weren't letting PSG play out of the back. And second half, usually, sometimes you get the, you get a dip because you can't play at that rhythm, but they did. They came out, we had they to kept start it, that way. And, they, and they got the third goal, which was enough of a cushion because then, then PSG made their way into the game. Um, so they, 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 sec- they secured the bag early and it was, it was, it was really a little nice na- they held on. a little naive from PSG to try and play on their back. Like Marquinhos was too lackadaisical sometimes on the ball. 
get, be a little bit more direct on the road at Newcastle with these wrong. fans? They got it wrong, and Eddie Howe in Newcastle got it right. And I really loved what Eddie Howe had to say after the game in his post-match interview talking about his approach to this game and how he felt like in that first match against AC Milan, they weren't really playing as themselves. Mm. It, they weren't playing the style that they like. And he was like, we had to come out today and play our kind of football in front of our our crowd. And, and he was like, maybe when we go on the road, maybe, you know, we, we kind of hold back a little bit or we make some uh, adjustments. But I... I just to think about where they were a couple seasons ago on the verge of relegation, Eddie Howe has come in and they just beat PSG, thumped PSG mm-hmm. in Champions League at the highest level is truly remarkable. And I just want to give some flowers to, uh, to Eddie Howe because I think it's, it's really, really special. Um, let's chat about AC Milan and Dortmund who played to a scoreless draw. Here are the highlights of that match. And there goes the highlights. And there goes the highlights, <laughs> pretty much. Well, th- there, this game lacked some some big chances. It was mostly played in the midfield. Uh, Christian Pulisic had some some chances. Same with Rafael uh, Rafael Leao, but they they just weren't clinical and, and on the same page. Here, right here, you see Rafael Leao. He's he's saying, "Hey, you got to give me the ball, Christian. I played it. I made a good run." And Christian's like, "Hey, if I'm in this position, you could see." Hey, don't come at me. Let me take the shot. I put mm-hmm. it on target. Again, Rafael Leao finds Teo Hernandez in the back post. Mm. Got to put it on target. But there, this game lacked the cohesion in the final third. On both sides, I, I don't think Dortmund w- were all that threatening. And you saw AC Milan did get in those chances in the final third. But Rafael Leao was a little bit too selfish. Christian Pulisic was a little bit too selfish. And... Giroud was largely invisible in this match. Um, I'm a little bit worried for Gio Reyna's situation at Dortmund. I know he's coming back from an injury, but he's been on the bench for the last three or four games now, including yesterday. And he's not the first option off the bench. He's not the second option off the bench. He's not the third option off the bench. He's the fourth option off the bench. They've got Adeyemi, Nemecha, Baino Gittens, Yusufa Mokoko, Royce is starting. I wonder what the reality of the situation is because he, he at this point he must be healthy. If you're ranking the bench, oh, he's healthy. You're healthy, and and there's no, not an impetus to get him match fit, right? Because you've been out for a long time as a player. Mm. You're playing at a Champions League level club, yeah, a, a club that's competing for Bundesliga. You get it. You're not going to go from not playing for an extended amount of time, right. missing preseason, Sprinkle to all of a sudden minutes. playing. But you would expect if the coach believes in you. You're going to get 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here. He's going to get you up to pace as quick as you can so you're getting those match minutes under your belt. We're not seeing that. And it, it goes back to last season. Gio Reyna comes in, bang, goal. Next game, unused substitute. Gets in, bang, goal. Mm-hmm. Next minute, uh, next match, or a couple matches, unused yeah. substitute. You're not seeing a, a, a consistency from the manager and getting Gio Reyna minutes Would he have been a, a difference maker in this match for Dortmund? Uh, could he have been? He, he, he could have been, mm-hmm. right? And That's his role, right? To, to sort of facilitate a bit more. But, I mean, if we're going to give anybody credit for getting on the pitch, hey, Yunus Musa played 90. Two Americans starting. That's pretty good. Yes, yeah, Yunus Musa, I, I said from Musa. the beginning, he's not walking into this team. He's got to take his, his time, be patient. But when he does he will be a mainstay because he's that good. It just takes about learning the system that Pioli wants mm. and, and just showing your quality. 
there's no doubt the Milan players know this guy can play. Yeah. He can play between the lines. He's good on the dribble. And you're seeing now distribution from Yunus Musa. Two scoreless draws, though, for AC Milan. Nico mentioned it yesterday. Ruben Loftus-Cheek injured. This opens the door for Yunus Musa. He played well enough for me to say, hey, going to get another run out. I don't think he gets back to the bench anytime soon. So at least I'm excited about that. The Gio Reyna situation is a difficult one because if you're not playing, it's going to be hard to get a transfer as well. Um, the national team squad drops today. So we'll see where, That'll be interesting. how Ooh. this all progresses. Let's talk on that next. Yeah. <laughs> We're not, because we got headlines. Yeah. But I like where your head's. I like the enthusiasm, Chuck. Um, we will get that. We're going to dive in. Are you here tomorrow? I don't miss Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> Come footy on. Kit, footy kit Friday. Woo, you and I Friday. have something. That's right. It's a little teaser. It's what they call oh, a teaser, oh, folks. Oh, I don't think no, it's, it's no, a little no, corny. No. If Boca loses, <laughs> you don't want to come um, in. All right, I get guys, it. We are going to take a break. Duda Pavel will be back with some headlines on the other side. Stay with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, if you were a fan of the Twilight series like I was, uh, this will make you happy if you're a soccer fan and a Twilight fan because that's Taylor Lautner, a.k.a. Jacob. Are you Team Jacob? No, I was Team Edward. <laughs> but, but, uh, Why? Uh, he's wearing a Burnley kit, Team Edward. I, he was so angsty. I don't know. I like the whole, like... <laughs> moody vampire thing just kind of got me. Mm. I was well into Your vampires it, over werewolves is, yeah. at the end of the Is day. that guy Latino? Basically. Taylor Lautner? Yeah. I don't is know. Is it like Lautner? <laughs> I don't know. He looked Latino He's to me in there. He's wearing a Burnley kit. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know if he is a Burnley fan. <laughs> but do, I, I, you're, is anyone, am I the only one here? I'm, I'm willing, before anybody answers, I'm willing to bet you are the only one that has seen Twilight. I read the books and wow. I you saw There were books. books? I've watched That's all where, the movies. The movies were based on the books. I've watched all the, who hasn't watched all the movies? I haven't seen a you single seen one. I know you haven't seen I'm not a Halloween guy. They yes. banned them at my high school because because all the girls wouldn't pay attention because they were so consumed by I mean, Twilight. Like the wow. Edward Cullen effect was real. Like it was, it was nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. I my high school would have been so happy if our kid, if our students were reading any book, any book whatsoever. <laughs> oh, like, don't oh, do that. <laughs> we had metal detectors. I don't. know. We had a different school. It was. It was. Fun. It was. 
close to my heart. Duda, were you, did you, oh, number one, did you read the books, watch the oh, films? Of course, of course. Okay. Who doesn't watch? Thank you. Who didn't watch Twilight Thank or read you. the books? Team Nico Edward, Cantor, come on. Team Edward, Team Jacob. Um, for the very simple but extremely important fact, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. <gasps> I'm Team Jacob That's all the way. That's right. Wow. What was Twilight called in Brazil? They had a. What's Twilight called in Brazil? Do you know? Uh, Crepúsculo. Crepúsculo. One more time? Crepúsculo. Wow. Crepúsculo. I would have read that. Yeah. But they dated, and then she put him in uh, her one of her music videos. Yes, so he's now starts on. Uh, I can still see you. Can see. I can see you, yeah. I think. Yes. Jan will know. The producer will definitely know. It all comes back to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Wow. So, I haven't Jacob. met too many Team Jacob fans. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. There you go. But you we can't go wrong with Edward or we Jacob. Hold it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm We're team headlines. Here. <laughs> I'm also team headlines. That is the right way because this is what we get for you today. Let's start with Libertadores because Fluminense pulled off a second half rally to secure the first place in the Copa Libertadores final after beating Internacional last night in the All Brazil semi final. Edmarcano delivered a goal and assist, including scoring a, a 87th-minute winner in their second leg in Porto Alegre. Fluminense will now face the winner of tonight's match between Nico Boca Juniors and Palmeiras in the final, which will be played at the one and only Maracanã on November 4th. In UEFA Champions League news, FC Barcelona beat Porto to make it two wins to start their group stage, but the win came at a cost. Robert Lewandowski left in the 34th minute with a leg injury after a hard tackle that took him out. According to multiple reports, Lewandowski will miss Barcelona's La Liga match against Granada on Sunday. In other injury news, Bukayo Saka hasn't been officially ruled out of Arsenal's Premier League headliner against Manchester City on Sunday. But he's reportedly set to undergo exams today to evaluate his hamstring after leaving Arsenal's Champions League loss to Arsenal's early with an injury. And also talking about Manchester United, Bruno Fernandes played the most minutes in the world this past year, according to Fifth Pro, that they revealed yesterday that the Portuguese midfielder played 6,666 minutes in 72 appearances from mid-September oh of last word. year to mid-September of this year. I'm lot. tired just by reading that. <laughs> Fifth Pro released the info to support their call for lightening of workloads on players. And also, come shortly after Philadelphia Union goalkeeper Under Blake became the latest player to publicly express his unhappiness with the number of matches that players are being asked to play. In international soccer news, get ready for this one, Nico. In international soccer news, the, two, the 2030 World Cup will mark the 100th anniversary of the tournament, and FIFA will mark the event by having six countries combine to host the World Cup across three continents, including playing the opening matches in South America. FIFA announced yesterday that the Morocco-Portugal-Spain joint bid has been chosen to host the 2030, the 2030 World Cup, while Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay will host the first three matches, a move that celebrates the very first World Cup. Nico, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that you're happy. Has Mi amigo from South America. Mm -hmm. Pretty happy to host a World Cup match in Argentina. But how do you feel about hosting... Uh, having World Cup matches across six countries in three continents. Is it too much? 
I think it is too much. Listen, I've got a mixed bag of emotions. Let's start with the positive, right? Uh, because you guys know my affinity for Morocco. I think it's awesome that the Morocco people are going to get to host a World Cup because they have an extraordinary football culture. And whenever there's a World Cup, it's not only your football, but your culture as a whole is put on display for did a world. Did your agent call you like, we did it? No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's, 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 it's incredible for, I mean, it's not only Morocco, but Spain and, and Portugal as well, who has never hosted a World Cup, Portugal. It's a pretty compact geographic area, the Iberian Peninsula, mm -hmm. Morocco, Spain, and Portugal. And now we're no strangers to a three-country World Cup. I mean, look at the next World Cup that's happening here. It's going to be massive, almost on an entire continent. But then those inaugural games to celebrate the 100-year anniversary, the, world, the, the three inaugural games given to Uruguay, where the first World Cup was hosted, Argentina and, and, and Paraguay, it just seems like forced. they were given, not only forced, it was more than forced, it was to appease mm -hmm. Conmebol and say, hey, you guys get your games and you'll be happy. It's gonna be crazy strange because they're gonna be in winter, everybody else is gonna be in summer, and then the travel from literally the other side of the globe to the Iberian Peninsula, that's gonna be weird. But hopefully that's just anecdotal and we focus on the 2030 World Cup in, in the Iberian Peninsula, in Spain, Morocco, and, and Portugal, which should be fun. Now, this all paves the way for FIFA to roll out the red carpet for the 2036 World Cup to be in Asia and or Oceania. And Saudi has announced that they want to bid. They've announced their bid. Um, so it's essentially FIFA saying, you know what, we're gonna roll out the red carpet and Saudi, the World Cup is most likely gonna be in 2036. That's my feeling and that's, that's what irks me a little bit. As soon as you said Saturday announced their bid, I just thought of yeah. all the executives doing this under the desk, so their meetings, looking for the envelope. Where's, and, where's and that, not where's only, that not Rolex? Only, not, not only that, <laughs> what was also a little bit strange is that usually World Cup bids aren't announced through like a press statement. Yeah. They're usually announced at the FIFA Congress, which was set to be had next year in Thailand, and they also scrapped the executive committee FIFA, where the executive committee kind of decides so that they can be like, okay, there's, there's no, none of what you were alluding to. Um, and they were gonna have the member associations all vote for who gets the winning bid, right, at that FIFA Congress. But now in that statement, they announced that this FIFA Council has, a FIFA Council has unanimously decided that the World Cup will be held in Morocco, Spain, and Portugal. So it's a little bit um, unorthodox the way that they decided that this World Cup has been chosen just by the way that it's being announced. So it's a little bit strange, mixed emotions, because the Moroccan people aren't at yeah, fault for it. Spain, Spain and Portugal. And Portugal. It's a different yeah. continent. It may, they, it's so disjointed. It, it, everything feels so disjointed, and I, I, I'm maybe I'm just like an old curmudgeon at these days, but like I miss the World Cups of like you go to Germany and you travel around the country and yeah. you know. Well, like, but it's but like, then but then the counter argument to that is what about Canada, United sure, States, and sure, Mexico? Sure. But at least the, the region makes sense. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it's it's closer. It's just, the, the, I, I don't I'm, care I'm about okay that. Portugal, I, Spain, Morocco, just because it is right so tight. It's and strange. It's, it's since we're doing three different countries and. Canada, U.S., Mexico, and you're expanding the World Cup uh, in terms of how many teams can be in it, then I'm okay with that because it's, it's pretty cool in terms of building three different countries 
um, yeah, it's two different continents, but it's three different countries that are relatively close. So you get a cool experience of going to Morocco, Portugal, and Spain. You can do all and three. And it's very expensive. And think about like the, the logistics of getting from into one country to another. To, it's or like teams having to yeah, have multiple teams, camps exactly. now. Exactly. It's like but, uh, but, uh, look, you don't have to have multiple camps. You do if you wanna if you wanna prepare for the next round of matches after those know. first few. So what that if are you're playing in Mexico City and you got to play in Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm, I'm agreeing. Far, far. It, more and, and travel and than Korea. it is to Morocco to, to Spain. No, I'm in talking two, about Paraguay two, to Morocco. Yeah, two, that, 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 yeah. that, that's sense. a one-off. That, yeah. I, again, I hope that's just anecdotal. That those games are it's great to and honor, then we focus It's on. great to honor Why the original. Just, have, just put it in South You know what? Because then you can't give the World Cup to Saudi Arabia the next Just time do around. the group stages in one country and do the knockout in so another. It's a you no. can do the World Cup in a whole region. No, no, no. Yeah, do the I love it. So you're saying it's a setup. It feels like for it's all been done for 2034 for the World Cup for, for Saudi to win the bid in 2034. That just makes me feel a little icky. I say World Cup Leave every it two that. years. It's just because of the rotation, bangers. right? Because South America gets the World <laughs> Cup, Africa gets the World Cup, Europe gets the World Cup. I just feel for all the fans that are going to tr be trying to get literally from from South America to Russia Europe. was Russia was longer destinations Brazil was longer destinations you know what the travel was like in Brazil we literally based in Rio press we couldn't get to the knockout stage in Belarizonchi I believe where Mexico played the Netherlands because we straight up there were no flights the infrastructure was so poor that we couldn't get there and I've been to Morocco I've been to Spain I've been to Portugal there is first world infrastructure that will make it easy to get to. Um, I'm, I'm not worried about that. The travel and getting to, to, to Spain, Morocco, and Portugal is not an issue. It was di more difficult in, in Russia, where the trains yeah. were, were still Soviet-era trains. And to get from Sochi to St. Petersburg, you had to connect through Moscow. Why? Because you had to. There was no direct flight from Sochi to, to St. Petersburg. If you want to know more about the Moroccan infrastructure, just go to nicocantor.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, hey man, but, uh, uh, straight up, like not just because, you know, I I've, I've, I've was invited to Morocco and stuff like that. He's hosting I, me in Morocco. Yeah, I was <laughs> in Marrakesh, yeah. probably. I was blown away, better oh. trains than ah, King most Kanto. of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> just all over the place, literally. Okay, uh, we're going to take a time out. We're going to talk some more Champions League when we come back. Don't go. <laughs> Sold out home arena. It's a bit of a knockout tie feel to this one. Oh, now then, the play goes on, it's in! And Shakhtar have stunned Antwerp! Here's a great ball through to Ferran Torres, and Barcelona lead the sucker punch applied by Ferran Torres. Here's Genduzzi, Lazio have players forward, and it's headed in! Lazio Welcome back. Here's a look at the results from Groups E and H. Yesterday in Champions League, Lazio get the 2-1 win over Celtic Atletico Madrid, 3-2 over Feyenoord, Shakhtar Donetsk, 3-2 over Royal Antwerp, and Barcelona get the 1-0 win over FC Porto. Let's get into some highlights. We start with that Celtic-Lazio match, and Celtic getting on the board first in this one. Kyogo Furuhashi and... He's Jeez. been on fire for Celtic in, in the domestic league, but now to get that Champions League goal, 
you see the crowd, and this is another environment you want to play in. The, the crowd's electric. Mateus Vecino, though, oh. took a chance oh. when he saw it. Boom. At wow. least, at least you can celebrate because sometimes, you know, you got to wait for VAR. It takes away the whole excitement around the, the, the goals. Big time save. Even the shot was good. Yeah, the hero from the first. Look leg. at the clock, folks. 95th Oof. minute. Brendan Rodgers. Oh man. T teach a team to lock it up, bro. Oh, teach Cameron Carter Vickers. Oh, lose the ball in possession. Oh, that was man. pretty bad. Gundozi with the cross. <gasps> Boom, oh, Pedro. Heartbreak. The late winner for Lazio gives them the 2-1 win. Let's move it along to Atletico Madrid. Pedro's first Feyenoord. Champions League goal in six years. Wow, that's a crazy stat. All right, early on. Ooh, Look at that. That's a funky deflection. Bro, off your dome. And Timber, we've seen his brother playing at Arsenal. Oh, man. With that pass, it's a great through ball. That's brutal. Unlucky deflection. That is so brutal. <laughs> it was an own goal in the end, right? Yeah. yeah. Was an own goal, yeah because that. it was saved. The shot was saved. And then Morata, this, this, there's a lot to talk about here. The interpretation of whether Saul impacts the play. Morata ends up with the ball after the defender makes the play on it. And it's 1-1. And, and yes, he does impact the play. I, I feel anytime you're in an offside position, you're, you're altering the defender and the keeper because mm. they have to think about you if you're in the area. So uh, there, there's definitely an argument there to be had. And then Greasy with the bicycle kick finish. Mm -hmm. Vitzel with a little bit of pressure. That's and so Ooh. close. <laughs> it's just like, I call this the baby bike. Yeah, is this a bike? He's falling backwards. Baby yeah, it's, bike? It's, it's a, ah. Yeah, it's a baby it's bike. A tricycle. It's a overhead kick. It's a tricycle. tricycle. <laughs> he, he doesn't swing the right, uh, right leg first, so it's not technically a, a bike, but it's an overhead kick, and it's a, it's a big-time goal. What a cross. Oof. I mean, the real story here is Alvaro Morata is back. Because hey. we've seen Alvaro Morata and him get in these positions and not finish. Yeah. So you're right. He's in form right now. He's so in striker form. for the Spanish national team. They finally have one yeah. again. So after yesterday, here's a look at the Group E standings. Atletico Madrid on top with four points. Lazio also on four points. Feyenoord three and Celtic on no zero. A big fat goose egg um, for them. Reminder: Celtic didn't get a single point in group stage play last season. So. This is 11 games yeah. in a row without a win in UCL uh, group stage. There you go. And that is Oof. Antoine Griezmann's 27th Champions League contribu goal contribution. So it's a club record. So that nice. just goes to show how he's kind of one of the, the icon legends of, of the club. Just his loyalty, but also his consistency with the club. Atletico Madrid, the, are they the clear favorites? in this group? I mean, look, Lazio are like the cardiac kids, man. They do not die. We saw with the Provadel goal and now this. Uh, but Atletico Madrid just looks like the most complete team out of this entire squad here, out yeah. of this entire group. I would say they're the favorites, especially when they have a goal score, because that's, I think, what, what's been lacking for quite a while is a consistent goal threat. If mm. it's not Antoine Griezmann who's creating the goal or scoring the goal, they, they haven't had someone else step up. And now you're having a, a Morata who is largely ineffective when it comes to the build-up and you know, holding up being players one-on-one, -on -one, but 
can you just be a, a poacher? Be in the right position, make the hard near post run. When that opportunity comes in the box, be a box striker, finish it. Now he's doing that, so that raises the profile Atletico Madrid. They're a good defensive team. Mm -hmm. Usually, they, they, they just continue to draw at home. So to get three points in Champions League group stage is massive. Um, the next two match days, it's going to be Lazio Feyenoord, Feyenoord Lazio, whichever order, and I think there's going to be a big step in the right direction for whoever gets most mm -hmm. points in those two matchups. Because Lazio, I don't know what Lazio we're going to get, really. It's their worst start to Serie A in 20 years or something. They're, they're 15th on the table. They're not good at all. Mm. Um, and, and Feyenoord is the complete opposite. Feyenoord is, is looking great. They're going to get Santi Jimenez back for these games. Li quite literally, their best player, their top goal scorer. Um, They're underrated. They, they are definitely they are underrated. underrated. And Celtic, look, let me correct the stat. They got two points last season. Dead last, they finished. Um, it's it's going to be very difficult for them to aspire for Europa League football. All right, let's uh, transition over to Group H. Let's take a look at the current standings as they are after yesterday's results. Barcelona on top with six points, followed by Porto, Shakhtar with three, and Antwerp yet to earn a point. Let's get into some highlights. We start with Royal Antwerp and Shakhtar Donetsk. And Antwerp have the worst defensive Champions League record this season with eight goals allowed. Dang. Still oh. seeking their first Champions League win, no, and they the, will still be seeking oh. their first Champions this League This is how the comeback started. The goalkeeping was horrendous. Look at this. This is Here. calamitous defending. <sighs> this is oh atrocious. I feel bad. They were up. 2-0, if I'm not mistaken. They were. they were. And then just let this happen. Oh. Bro, what is in that cup? The yeah. keeper went from yelling at his back line to then, you know, Yikes. taking that sip of that game. Yeah, he, they should have a mirror there Antwerp for him to still, yell into. still looking for their first Champions League win. All right, here is Porto Barcelona. Porto was coming off of a loss in the Clásico of Portugal, lost to Benfica, and then in the Estadio de Dragão, you want to bounce back, and if you're making those type of mistakes, Ferran Torres, who came on for Robert Lewandowski, Barcelona's going to make you pay. And, and that was the difference at the end. It was tighter than, it, I think, a lot of reasons. There was a little bit of controversy yeah, Tor also. Yeah, Tarami with the bicycle kick, which is an incredible goal. To me, it looked onside. Huh. And, and it was ruled off. But the timing, I think it, the pass was literally right at the right time that he was in an onside position. I think if, if it he was, was like, off, it like was a just, I mean, like a shoelace off. Um, and Lamine Yamal is the youngest player to ever start a Champions League match. How old? 16, 16 years old in 83 days. days. Wow. So, crazy. Isn't that crazy? Think about the expectations now as a, a Barcelona player. Qualities he's playing, he's getting his caps with, with Spain now, uh, full international caps. So this is a, an incredible player. We've seen some, some highlights from him already. Uh, man, the, the pressure. To, what were you doing be... at 16? <laughs> you were probably already in, in some national team set up by that oh, point, yeah. right? Uh, no, I wasn't. No? No. I was in high school. I was playing you know, with the Region 1 ODP team. But I, I was not a national team player until 17. Wow. Um, so no Lewandowski, no Rafinha. We knew that going Do into this game. Do we know how game. the severity of Lewandowski's N injury, Apparently sprained ankle? Not yet. But, but now that we're in October, always towards the end of October, there's a 
Clásico. I mean, I can look it up. I don't know when it is, but it's soon. Uh, it's probably on the other side of match day three of Champions League. Ivis will hit you up with it. Yeah, with hopefully, uh, hopefully they can uh, get so Lewandowski right back. <laughs> because uh, a, a couple important match days for Barcelona coming up. All right. Uh, Ivis just said he will miss the match this weekend. No timetable yet. Oof. for his return. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, but guys, for more on uh, the story of Shakhtar Donetsk and their journey in Champions League last year, make sure you tune into Football Must Go On. It's a four-part series from our stories from the beautiful game. You can stream it now on Paramount+. Plus. All right, we are going to take a break. But hey, guess what? More, what? Cha more Champions League okay. on the other side. We're not done yet. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Continuing our Champions League conversation. Uh, here's a look at yesterday's Group G results. Manchester City 3-1 over RB Leipzig and Red Star Belgrade and Young Boys end in a 2-2 draw. Let's get into the highlights starting with that Red Star Belgrade Young Boys match. It was a late equalizer from Red Star here. Young Boys has the lead and it, the draw snaps a five-match home winning streak in all comps. But here's Osman mm. Bukhari, 2-2. He's the one that scored against City, by the way. Yeah, dude, uh, Red Star Belgrade, I think, is providing a little bit more entertainment than we all gave him credit for at the beginning of the Champions League. Facts. Certain yeah. champions. Big facts. With a new manager, by the way. All right, here are the highlights from Leipzig, Manchester City. You're seeing right there Phil. Rico Lewis with that pass. He was phenomenal in this game. He, Pep Guardiola singled him out of just be, finding the... The pockets in between the lines, so gifted in those tight spaces, and his delivery was fantastic. Look at the run off the ball. He, he looks, he recognizes the space, and look at the cutback ball. Mm. Phil Foden with his right foot, his weaker right foot, guides it home to the near post. And Give credit to Erling Holland for dragging three defenders with him, creating that space. Great run by Erling Holland. And then this is a player, Charlie and, and, and Nico, you guys have talked about him ad nauseum last season, but he's so good. Look at this run by Openda. So he sees Akanji. Look at how he uses his body right no. there. It's oh. that nudge because he doesn't allow Akanji to come across him. And when you nudge him like that, it buys him that extra second. Yusuf Poulsen, friend of the show, good ball into space. Look at the size of Akanji next to him. And then he still keeps his balance to find the, the far post. That looks like a running back versus a linebacker in size comparison, and Openda oh, stood his ground. And that's a golazo. Go, wow. That is not like a fuck at that, but that's Julian. a golazo. But wow. <laughs> Jeremy Doku, he finds Julian Alvarez, who is also oh in form this season for Beautiful. Manchester City. Absolutely. Beautiful goal. And look at this. Beautiful. How much space Beautiful. are you going to give Jeremy Doku? Does it matter? He doesn't need it. But if you're going to give it to him, he's going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, yeah, hit him with the gritty. That's uh, more of a gritty, but I like it. No, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Wow. Yeah. What, did, what were the predictions yesterday for this one? Did we? we City, City was going to win, City I think. Was, I don't remember what we said. I think we all said City it was, was going to win. We thought it was going to be closer than last yes. season's installment. I mean, the good news for Leipzig was that Erling Holland did not score in, yeah. in, in, in this one. But, but um, they, it's like for, Manchester City, it's, it's for them, 
it's incredible how they don't need him sometimes. How the rest of the team can find ways to score. Uh, he can well, he had make opportunities. space. He did. It's he, not he, like he was he, he shut down. He could have scored, but it's not like you're reliant on Erling Haaland when last year he provided a record amount of goals. It's like, look, Juli Alvarez has stepped up to the plate. They got him 60 million. Boom, Ren. Give me Jeremy Doku who can finish and, and play. He's quick. He's nimble. He's got precision. Um, you're, not, you're also forgetting that Kevin De Bruyne is uh, out. Kevin De Bruyne yeah. is Massive. out. Yeah. Super um, important to this team and super important to uh, Erling Holland getting service. Right. Um, right. Also wanted to make a mention. Yesterday when I saw the team sheet, I see Rico Lewis in and I'm like, man, Calvin Phillips can't buy minutes on Manchester City and Rico Lewis is is proving that, look, this is the direction that Pep wants to go. And Calvin Phillips couldn't even tie Rico Lewis's shoes yeah. with the it's way crazy. he tied yesterday. Yeah. That's what it might be doing during the game, just sitting there. It, it, crazy. Himself, <laughs> keeping himself busy. Really talented. And a, a player, I don't think you, anyone that saw him fitting in so seamless, seamlessly right now, um, just the way he's able to accelerate off the ball, on the ball, great vision, first touch, phenomenal. I was really impressed with him last yesterday. I think when we talk about how great Pep Guardiola is, one of the things that I don't, I don't think he gets enough credit for, or at least maybe I haven't given him enough credit for, is how he can take a player and just sort of mold him into the player he needs. He sees the talent and the skill set they have and says, here's how I want you to use it versus how you use it in the past. I think back to Fabian Delph. I think to, you know, Kyle Walker, how he's being used. And, uh, Nathan Ake. John Stones. Yeah, John Stones. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and I think you're seeing it with Rico Lewis as well. I mean, you know, I know if you ask Zlatan, he says, oh, he gave me too much instruction. He didn't let me be who I want to be. But that's almost the gift of a Pep Guardiola is he can give you the instruction and say, you have these skill sets, but I need you to use it this way. It's very Bill Belichick. And it's wow. You, got, you have to be open-minded. <laughs> with, with, with a coach like that, you have to be open-minded. And Thierry Henry, as great as he was, world-class, had to be one of those players who's saying, you have to listen to the coach and do what I want, not what you want. Mm -hmm. And he eventually... Mm -hmm took it, and next thing you know, they got a treble, right? Yeah. So it, Pep Guardiola makes you better because he challenges you. And that's all you can ask for as a player, to be pushed. Because you all, we all think we can reach our peak and fulfill our potential. A lot of things have to go your way. Can't get injured. You have to have a coach who can see the vision for you, but also test you put you in different positions, see what you're made of. It's one thing to do it with a, a good player and make them a little bit better, but it's something to make to take a, an already great player and make him even better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is an and exceptional level of sort of guiding talent. And identifying talent also. He saw Juli Alvarez at River before the World mm. Cup, before people were talking about Juli Alvarez. He said, I'm going to make him into a superstar. He was, a, he was incredible. He was extraordinary at River, but in Argentina, it's like, we didn't think he could unlock, and he has unlocked all of this potential, Oof. and he has become a, an elite football player. I wonder what he could do with me. I was just gonna say, <laughs> should we bring him into the morning footy group? <laughs> we gotta raise our game. <laughs> We're gonna take a break. Uh, we're gonna chat some midweek MLS action when we return. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 